wait a minute, and I will talk quietly until, there we go, that's us. Good morning and welcome to worship with Paisley St George's. As worship becomes more normal, we're looking for folks who are willing to help, to help with beadling, stewarding and counting the offering. If you could help with any of these duties, would you please pass your details to Margaret, whose contact details are on the back of the service sheet. The Guild will meet tomorrow evening at half past seven in the large hall, and this will be the delayed AGM from 2020. I have been asked to say that there are a number of little leaflets here about the church or at the door, about autumn winter heritage walks. So if you would like to pick one of those up, it looks interesting. Paisley and the Witches, Graveyards of Paisley, a mystery walk. There you go. So if you're interested, pick up a leaflet and you can see what's going on. And finally, the funeral of the late Jack Niven will take place at 10.30am on Tuesday, the 19th of October at Woodside Crematorium. And once again, I ask that you would keep Linda and Kenny and all of Jack's family in your prayers. These are all the intimations. Let us come together to be still, to be known, loved and held by God, our Creator, to be thankful for all that God gives us, to be healed and restored, that in our worship today, joy and gladness may refresh and renew us. So let's worship God by standing, if able, with masks on, to sing hymn number 127, O worship the King, all glorious above, hymn 127.
And now let's turn to God in prayer. Let's pray. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we adore you. God, the Father who made all creation and shares all good gifts with us, we adore you. God, our creator, we are made in your image. Create and reshape us anew for your purposes. God, the Son, just as you walked on earth with your friends, you are always here with us. We adore you. God, our Redeemer, forgive us where we have hurt your world and its people. God, the Spirit, though we don't see you, we know you are deep within our hearts. You make sense of our place in your world. We adore you. God, our comforter, sustainer, inspire us and direct us. God of community, you look down from heaven on your children on earth and are overcome with love. Love that reaches out to touch even the most faraway soul. Lord God, we come humbly into your presence this morning, ready to explore our place in your community. James and John had very set ideas about where they wanted to sit in glory. Sometimes we have very fixed ideas about where we want to sit in this gathering. We like to know our place. Help us to understand that you don't have favourites and we shouldn't either. And that we are a community and we are all in this together. Lord, sometimes we have very set ideas about communities. The ones we belong to, the ones we aspire to, the ones we stay away from. Help us to see as you do, for you love every member of every community. We are all one in you. And Lord, forgive us when we look down on others or consider our way alone to be the right one. Help us to work together with you for good, putting ourselves aside and others always first to follow in your ways our Lord and our Redeemer. Amen. We turn now to scripture, to God's word, which Muriel will read for us. Our Bible reading this morning is from the New Testament, Mark chapter 10, verses 35 to 45. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, approached him and said, Teacher, we should like you to do us a favor. What is it you want me to do for you? He asked. They answered, Allow us to sit with you in your glory, one at your right hand and the other at your left. Jesus said to them, you do not understand what you are asking. Can you drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said, the cup that I drink, you shall drink and the baptism that I am baptized with shall be your baptism. But to sit on my right or on my left is not for me to grant. That honour is for those to whom it has been already assigned. When the other ten heard this, they were indignant with James and John. Jesus called them to him and said, You know that among the Gentiles, the recognised rulers lord it over their subjects, and the great make their authority felt. It shall not be so with you. Among you, Whoever wants to be great must first be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Muriel. We continue in our worship in hymn 251, I, the Lord of sea and sky, hymn 251. In our Gospel reading today, we heard James and John request to sit at Christ's right and left hand. I suppose it is human nature to want to sit beside our friends, but was this why James and John wanted to sit at the right and left hand of Jesus? Or did they aspire to these exalted positions, positions of power? 
And the challenge of today's gospel reading is the demands that it places on us. For sometimes it seems as if it's human nature to want to do as little as possible and get as much as possible in return. Some of us might measure our success by material things, the size or location of our home, the make and model of our car, or by our status, our job title, our salary, or power, the number of employees under our charge. But in the gospel, here is Jesus telling us that if we want to be great, if we want to be first, we must be the slave or servant of all. And Jesus tells us very clearly that he, the Son of Man, did not come to be served. He came to serve. He came to serve. And this is Jesus. This is Jesus, the King, whom we are called to follow. And each one of us, as individuals, need to look to Christ's leadership Christ's servanthood, and to work out just what Jesus is asking of us. I don't think they're so common now, but do you remember a while ago when folk wore the different coloured elastic bracelets, the bands, and some of them had the letters WWJD printed on them? WWJD, what would Jesus do? Well, with that in mind, I'd like to share with you a modern reflection by Sheila Walker, that links to today's readings. It's from a wee book called Contemporary Reflections. And Sheila's reflections often challenge us and they are quite pointed, even though in places they are quite humorous. So let's listen to this one. It's entitled, Son and Heir. Once upon a time in a far off land lived an old king and the king had on an only son handsome prince, the envy of every man and the pin-up of every woman in that land. And one day the king called the prince to him and said, one day, my beloved son, you will inherit my whole kingdom. But first, take the old nag, no, the horse, not your mother, and rid this land of a dreadful curse. Ah, there we go. Even in chintzy fairy tales, there has to be a catch. Though usually the prince ends up with her. But you'd think that with God as your father, instead of a doddery, ineffectual old king, the whole world would be your oyster, the kingdom at the snap of your fingers. No messing, enviable role, heir apparent. Not so, it was worse much worse. The fatherly blessing, job spec for the Son of God, would make you think twice before applying. Punch bag, scapegoat, target, victim, suffering servant, priest, and sacrifice to rid this land of a dreadful curse. And we talk so glibly of following him, of being transformed into his likeness, of taking him as our guide. WWJD, what would Jesus do? When the highest privilege God can bestow is rather to entrust his best beloved, all who truly know him as father with the most testing mission Jesus had to say, can you travel where I travel? A cardboard palace in a cardboard city? Drink the cup I drink? A poisoned chalice, bitter with betrayal. Be baptised with my baptism. Hatred and malice, death without pity. We can, said James and John. Arrogance or innocence? But he responded to their heart's best leap of love and daring. With caring, touching faith, enabled it to fly high. And this world's race done, send one to martyrdom and one to isolation. 
the servant is not greater than his master. What then of our sonship, born again into the family of God? Our father is the magnificent mind behind creation, the power that moves and moderates beyond us, yet closer than breath, mystery mortalized in Christ, who shows us sonship as obedience learned through suffering, suffering even unto death. Obedience would hold no virtue if it was only following where we would, in any case, prefer to go. How often do we shirk obedience to avoid the suffering? We want to be his son. There is no other way. Take up our cross, that is, deny ourselves and follow Christ, our brother. And what then of our servanthood? Insult to injury, perhaps, for those who feel that life is one long obligation. Fall out of bed, travel to work, taxi the kids, mow the lawn, visit the new neighbour, and then there's church. On a bad day, it feels more like slavery. On a good day, more like opportunity, God-given, to introduce in every situation a glimpse of the kingdom of heaven, Christ the King, Christ our alarm clock, Christ our driver, Christ our true boss, Christ the head of our homes, Christ in creation, Christ in the stranger, Christ the Lord of the church. And we are to be his servants, not their slaves. And what then of our priesthood? Yes, the priesthood of all believers. Called not to offer sacrifice, Christ's death has put an end to our attempts to fathom and placate our various gods. One perfect offering accepted by the one true God. And all who receive are free. Nor are we called to mediate. Christ is the only go-between we need supplying the fireproof suits of his perfection so that we may come into the very presence of God who is a consuming fire. But we are called to stand as priests in that space between God and the unbeliever, pleading with one for the other and with the other to open their heart and mind to the one. How many on our prayer list and how many for whom and with whom we truly agonise. And what then of our suffering, not that I should seek it out as some perverse sign of God's approval, <clears throat> but maybe ask the question, are we too quick to ask for the removal of all pain? Do we in fact suffer the atrophy of too much ease? Are our hearts set to please God, come what may? And sometimes petty suffering is worse. The greater challenge is to live for Christ, not die for him. As they say, it may not be so much the height of the mountain, but the stone in our shoe that steals our resolve. Once upon a time, the author of the universe wrote the greatest story ever told. No fairy tale or science fiction, this war of good and evil. More autobiography, his, the father's, and ours, his son's. The words of Sheila Walker. And yes, the greatest story ever told, and we are part of it. And we are called to continue to play our part, to be Christ's servants in the world. This church, Christ's church, internationally, nationally, locally, and here in St. George's, this church needs people to serve, to serve Christ by serving others. And each of us, each one of us, will have our own part to play. And as we begin to think to return to more normal living and worshipping, it's good to think about some of the roles. This morning, there were people at the door to offer a welcome. Alan is playing to help us worship. 
Margaret has compiled and printed the order of service. Normally at communion, the elders, the members of the Kirk session would serve you with bread and wine. I know that during COVID, many of you have been keeping in touch with one another. A phone call here, and more recently perhaps, a doorstep chat, or maybe even sharing a cup of tea and coffee in a cafe or in one another's homes. Magazines have been delivered. And there has been so much work done in Christ's name. There has been so much work done, and there is so much opportunity to do more. So as we in St George's continue to get to know each other, we need to begin to identify where God needs us to serve, whether that be collectively or individually. And with that in mind, St George's will begin to continue in a way to look at its parish. And the parish of St George's is a large and diverse parish, spreading from the edges of the town centre to the large areas of housing on the outskirts. So we are to look at our parish and to identify the needs of its people. So let's, as we do that, look at our parish through God-given eyes, through God's eyes, and see just what it is that God is calling us to do as his servants. And not just to see what he is calling us to do, but to do what he is calling us to do. I leave with you this question. And it is simply this. What is God calling you to do? What would Jesus do? Amen. And now we bring to God our prayers for others. And our prayers for others will be led for us by Muriel. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you continue to bless us every day. We know that every good and perfect gift comes from you, the Father of heavenly light, who, do, who does not change like shifting shadows. Uplift the hearts of your people and continue to shine your unwavering light on them. We come before you to ask a blessing on our minister, the Kirk Session, and everyone in our congregation. Be with Mary and the Kirk Session as they lead our church, granting them wisdom and understanding in all that they do. We pray for those in our congregation who are ill, that you will bring them back to good health, and for those who mourn the loss of a loved one, that you will comfort them. We pray for our NHS workers, our fire crews and policemen and women, for all who transport supplies to our shops. Be merciful to all those whose duties are burdensome and those who are exhausted. Comfort and strengthen them as they work hard to keep us healthy, safe and supplied with what we need. Father, there are so many people in the world who are in need. Please open our eyes and show us how we can help. Use us for your glory and use us as a blessing to others. We bring before you all who govern in our towns and country. We pray that you will guide them as they make decisions which will affect our lives. Your will be done, Lord. Teach us, Lord, how to love you more how to love ourselves more, and how to love others, even when it hurts. Let our faith grow stronger. May your spirit work in us according to your will, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. We bring all these prayers to you in Jesus' name. Amen. And now, if able, we stand to sing a communion hymn, hymn 668, according to thy gracious word, hymn 668.
The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. We hear the words of the institution of the Lord's Supper. According to St. Paul, the tradition which I handed on to you came to me from the Lord himself, that on the night of his arrest, the Lord Jesus took bread and after giving thanks to God, broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in memory of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant sealed by my blood. Whenever you drink it, do this in memory of me. For every time you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. As the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, I take these elements of bread and wine to be set apart from all common uses to this holy use and mystery. And as he gave thanks and blessed, let us draw near to God and offer him our prayers and thanksgiving. Let us pray. Creator God, source of life, we lift our thanks to you at this end of the season of harvest. The bounty of the earth belongs to you. The fields that have ripened in the sun give praise to your name. For the colours of the autumn, the sharpening wind, the drawing in of the nights, the gathering in of all that nourishes us, we give you thanks. We hold the blessings you give us in trust and praise you, good provider, for our lives, our homes, and all that we share. For these gifts of your love, we thank you, and join with angels and saints in this holy hymn of praise. Holy, holy, holy one, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Glory be to you, O God most high. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Saviour. Hosanna in the highest. Gracious giving God, you have created us so that we may find rest from our labours, so that we may find space to spend time with you. And so as the days shorten and our earth prepares for the sleep of winter, we turn to you, searching for peace. We praise you for the presence of your spirit who teaches us to combine labour with rest, who brings us the cycles of time and season, who sustains us when we are in need. For all the good gifts you bring us, we praise your holy name and ask your blessings on all offerings made in your name, offerings of time, of talents and of money. We turn to the table of bounty and sustenance in the name of our Saviour. By the death and resurrection of Jesus, our Redeemer, through the sharing of this bread and wine, gifts of your creation, may we be created anew. As we hear the words in which Christ invited his disciples to take bread and wine and to remember him always, we give thanks for all that he has done for our sake. Bless these elements and our communion one with another. Draw us closer to your presence, O loving God. Send your Holy Spirit upon these elements of bread and wine here in this building and wherever people may be listening. Send your Holy Spirit upon us all and strengthen us in times of hardship and of plenty. Pour out your Spirit upon the whole earth and bring in your new creation. Gather your church together from the ends of the earth into your kingdom where peace and justice are revealed that we with all your people of every language, race and nation may share the banquet you have promised through Christ, with Christ, in Christ. All honour and glory are yours 
forever. Lord, hear us now as we pray in the words Christ gave his disciples, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. According to the holy institution, example and command of our Lord Jesus Christ, and as a memorial of him, we do this. Who, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he'd given thanks, he broke it, and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant sealed by my blood. Whenever you drink it, do it in memory of me. Jesus, Lamb of God, have mercy on us. Jesus, bearer of our sins, have mercy on us. Jesus, redeemer of the world, grant us peace. Amen. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was given for you, and his blood which was shed for you. And feed on him in your hearts by faith, with thanksgiving. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy are those who find refuge and in him. Take, eat. This is the body of Christ, which is broken for you. Do this, remembering him. This cup is the new covenant, sealed by Christ's blood which was shed that the sins of many might be forgiven. Drink from it, all of you. peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Now we can't physically share the peace but we can do what we've been doing through COVID. We can sign the peace. Peace be with you. Now let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for the love which brings us as food from heaven, the life of your dear Son, and assures us that we belong to the company of all his faithful people in heaven and on earth. Grant that strengthened by this fellowship and by the power of his Holy Spirit, we may continue his work in the world until we come to the glory of your eternal kingdom, through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Our closing, our final hymn this morning is hymn 436, Christ Triumphant, Ever Reigning, hymn 436.
Please be seated. <coughs> when I spoke earlier about roles, one role that I did not mention is that of the session clerk. Now, as many of you know, our session clerk Graham and his wife Laura will soon be moving out of the area. And Jack Martin is going to say a few words about Graham, but before I ask Jack to do that, it seems only fair to say thank you to Laura for all her hard work in re-establishing the pastoral care. Thank you for that, Laura. And thank you also for being Session Clark's wife. <laughs> I think many of us know what that means. And now, Jack, Graham, I don't know if you'd like to go and stand at the front, please, oh. so that Jack can... Well, it's easier for Jack to talk to you then. Thank you. Further forward, Graham, please. <laughs> so that Jack can see you and use the microphone. I'm bossy. <laughs> Graham, it was quite a good few years ago, but some of us still recall when you first became session clerk at Castlehead. We also remember that as soon as you started, you had to start with all the complications and all the challenges of the union with Lake as we became Stowbury. And thanks to all your hard work, it went well. After that challenge, you might have felt that you, you would be due a quieter life. <laughs> A period of calm. But life doesn't always work out like that, as you soon discovered. In your time at Stonebrae, first as deputy and then as session clerk, there were plenty of fresh challenges to keep you busy. Two changes of minister, a new manse, and major repairs to our building in Cossyside. And just to make sure you didn't get bored, there was then all the work involved in the union with Glenburn to create St. George's. All the qualities you've displayed over the years, your determination, your hard work, and calm common sense, always matched by a caring attitude to people. All these qualities have again been called on as you led a response to the COVID pandemic. It has been an exceptional performance over many years. On behalf of the session and our members, could I say well done and thank you for all your hard work and your contribution and service to the life of our church. As a token of our gratitude, your colleagues in the Kirk session would like you to accept this gift. It comes with our very best wishes to you and Laura you will both be remembered with, friend, with fondness by all your friends here in St. George's. Thank you. I wasn't expecting that. Thank you very much indeed, folks. Um, there have been challenges over the, the past few years with a number of different things. But at Session Clark, things are made easier with the team that you've got round about you. All the members of the Kirk Session have been able to help out whenever needed and actually work their socks off whenever needed. Anytime something happens, we need additional help. Members of the Kirk Session are there. There are too many to mention. Folk will know who I'm talking about because they're always the ones that are actually here. And some folk, I think, have actually got a sleeping bag somewhere in the actual building. <laughs> right. So thank you very much indeed. Thanks very much for everybody in the Kirk session and all the hard work that you do and also the congregation. Many thanks indeed. Thank you. And I, of course, would thank Graham for his friendship and all the support that he's given to me over the past two and a half years. Thanks, Graham. But let's pray. 
Lord God, we thank you for all the service which Graham and Laura have offered in your name. We ask your blessing on them as they move away. May they make new friends. May they keep in touch with old friends. And may they find a new spiritual home in which to worship and serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. And now I ask that if you're able, would you please stand for God's blessing. God knows your name and calls you to serve others in his name. So go then to love and serve the Lord by loving and serving all of those with whom you share this earthly life. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you all today, tomorrow and every day.